Well, in the wake of the COVID-19 outbreak at Harper's in East Lansing and attempts by universities like MSU trying to open with in-person, on-campus instruction in the fall, let's talk about effective health risk messages that might resonate with college students. It's always my pleasure to welcome Dennis Martell to the MSU Today microphones. Dennis is executive director of the National Social Norm Center and is in the health promotion department in MSU. Dennis, welcome back. Always a pleasure, Russ. And it's great to welcome Monique Mitchell-Turner to MSU today for the first time. Dr. Turner is professor and chair of MSU's renowned Department of Communication. Dr. Turner, welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, whoever of you would like to begin, why don't we frame the issue? What is the issue we're, we're dealing with here of, I, I guess, trying to get college-age students to take the social distancing and the mask wearing and things like that uh, more seriously, but frame this issue for us. What's challenging about this situation, uh, Russ, is that in my 35 years of being at MSU, I've never had uh, a situation where we're constantly chasing an ever-changing pandemic that's affecting an ever-changing population which is then uh, effecting reactions from administration for ever-changing policies and mandates. So in order for us to get a, an idea of uh, how this will all uh, play out in the fall, uh, we needed to do a survey of students on campus uh, and off campus as to all those issues. But right now, I think that it's it's ever changing, Russ. So effective health risk messages is uh, is a concept that we need to study with the students and also understand, uh, even from our own point of view, what is the best way to help the university reopen and have the students follow the protocols that will keep them safe. So there's some important differences between the COVID-19 response on campus and the kinds of risk messaging we've been doing for decades, right? So on college campuses, it's pretty normal to have messaging about binge drinking, smoking, depression, mental health generally, etc. And when students' behaviors are uh, what we would call risky, then we can focus on the impacts that they're having on, on themselves in the main. So when you smoke, you're hurting yourself. When you're drinking, you're hurting yourself. Certainly there are effects on their friends and families as well. But COVID-19 is really interesting because the students' risk behaviors might not, might not have a substantial effect on their own health because of their age. But it will have a substantial effect on a number of people around campus, including, you know, the immunocompromised uh, people that are uh, older, um, older adults, et cetera. And so here we are faced with an issue where student risk behaviors are affecting other people on campus. And we've never really had to message something quite like that, Right. We really haven't had cases where we've had to work quickly in a dynamic and changing environment to communicate infectious disease. So what is it about Gen Z and college-age students we, we need to understand now about how they receive these messages? With Generation Z, what we know is that there are some unique 
characteristics that make them quite different from millennials as well as Gen X, as well as baby boomers and so on. And I want to point out that it's not that something's really different about Gen Z. Every generation has unique characteristics. And that's also not to say that every individual in these generations aren't unique and special. It's just that we find that generations that are raised um, in similar fashions in a very uh, wide net casting way have these characteristics that will help us understand what kind of messages work best with them. And so there's been number of studies done on this unique generation. So for example, some studies show that they tend to be very team oriented, very group <clears throat> focused. They tend to have a, whore, um, a higher moral value. They really believe in authenticity. They really believe um, in taking the higher ground and being proactive to change things that previous generations broke. So we wanted to understand this generation in a way that we could communicate with them, create messages that resonate with them. We don't want to talk at people. We want to create messages that um, develop a conversation. Let me just add, I'm going to take a step back for a second, Russ, and say that you know, this COVID era has a parallel uh, with the HIV AIDS epidemic. And back in the, uh, I would say, late to mid 90s, uh, Dr. Kim Witte, which Monique knows quite well, developed a, a theory called the extended parallel process model. And I bring that up because uh, she brought me in to test that model on how do we get effective health risk messages to people who may be susceptible to HIV? And so she pioneered this theory, and this is part of what we're trying to uh, find out from the students now, Russ, uh, and Monique is right on with her characterization of this generation. But there are some things that, that cross the generations, and that is what the extended parallel process model uh, tries to figure out, and, and really, it's an interesting model because you know it's a it looks at the processes of when somebody faces a threat. You have four aspects: you have the self-efficacy, you have the response efficacy, you have the severity of the threat, and the susceptibility of the threat. And we're trying to figure this out with this population. If you have, let's say, a high uh, uh, severity and high susceptibility perceptions of, uh, say, COVID, like you did with HIV, uh, then we try to accelerate the messages of here's how the response is, the response is to wear a mask, and this is how you use it. So that's part of what we're doing with the EPPM, uh, the Extended Parallel Process Model, is trying to figure out uh, where we can insert messages to help the population uh, reduce the risk. So what is the National College Health Assessments, NCHA3, from the American College Health Association, and, and can you share some of the data? Sure. You know, MSU, uh, I uh, take uh, a lot of pride in saying that MSU has supported uh, health promotion now for over 20 years to do the National College Health Assessment. We are one of the leaders in the nation of having the most data-rich set of health variables on our population. And NCHA1 
we did for a while. We switched to NCHA2, and now they have NCHA3. We were one of the only ones to get NCHA3 into the field before COVID hit. And NCHA3 is an evolution of two, which really starts to look at some of the variables of connection, belonging, how you feel about the university. So this is a very data-rich uh, set that uh, Monique and I are using uh, in part of our helping the administration to understand how to create messages. And let me give you a couple of data points, which already the university is using in some of their health-related messages. Some of the data points I think are most important is we're looking at how students look at other students and what they believe and what they think. One of the data points is 80% of the students agree that at our campus, we look out for each other. Now that's a really important data point in the sense that if we're gonna get cooperation with masks and social distancing, we need to know if the students do look out for each other. Another data point, over 80% of the students agree that MSU is a place the student, where the student's health and well-being is a priority. So they understand that the university thinks uh, about their health and their safety. 90% of students agree they actively contribute to the happiness and well-being of others. Another data point which gives you some solid uh, thinking about how students uh, feel about the other ones and how they can contribute to reducing the risk. Uh, this one was really kind of interesting to us that 80% of the students agree they are able to adapt when changes occur. That gives us the insight that they will can and can adapt. We just need to figure out how the best way to motivate them. And over 80% of students report feeling very safe on campus. These are all in, uh, incredibly important data points as we start to look at how to create the messages. We usually take these social norms messages and the social norm message is one that actually looks at what is the majority belief or majority uh, behavior. We can take these messages and align them with the regular messages that the university wants the community to know, such as, you know, uh, MSU students wear masks. Did you know that 80% of the students agree that on our campus, we look out for each other? So they work very well with uh, a behavioral message when you have a normative one to support it. So that's what NCHA3 has given us so far. So let me also ask, what is You Celebrate 2019 and what insights does it provide? The You Celebrate is a homegrown instrument that is uh, an output of the National Social Norm Center here at MSU. We have been the National Social Norm Center by virtue of grant uh, for now five years. And during those five years, we have been fortunate enough to work with 12 other universities, granting them money to do the social norms approach. But we needed an assessment to look at how that campus was doing and whether they had a problem and how best to advise the campus to do the social norms approach. So we developed the Youth Celebrate. It's a very exhaustive instrument which looks at all aspects of campus uh, behavior such mostly in the area of drinking, but also in connection, the avenues in which students want to get their messages, how they want to get their messages, have they seen the messages. We now use this instrument on 12 different campuses and we've used it on MSU's campus now three times. And what the You Celebrate gives us is that formative data, but also evaluation data and outcome data as to whether the social norms process is working. 
So we are we're getting some insights from 2019, such as you know we, you know Russ that for about 25 years now we've been working on trying to understand why students back in the late 90s, early 2000s thought MSU was a party school. So one of the questions we've used on our You Celebrate now, as well as the celebration surveys over the years, is what is the most outstanding feature of the university? And we give them several different uh, phrases and one word answers to do. And over the years, we've seen a huge change in what students uh, think the one outstanding feature of the university. And in 2019, the top three outstanding features were diverse, diversity, athletics, academics. Uh, party school usually comes in about uh, at 4.7%. But the university has uh, changed its focus uh, onto what's important. Some of it is based on, you know, whether the athletic team is doing well or diversity is in the news. But academics has risen significantly. You know, one of the other data points from uh, You Celebrate that has been really important for us is that once again, we find out that students are watching out for students, whether it's drinking or something else. You know, 70% of our students usually watch out for other students when they're drinking or doing something that could create harm. And the last one I'll talk about real quickly is where did you see the messages? You know, we want, we're always trying to figure out where students see the messages and whether they have a bandwidth to accept a new one and what that bandwidth needs to look like. So we ask students all the time, where do you see the messages? And, and believe it or not, they're seeing more on the traditional venues than they are on what we think is the technology venues. And 60% said they saw our messages on posters. 53% said they saw them in bathroom stalls. Our stall stories where we place messages, stories in the stalls and bathrooms seem to be one of the most popular places to uh, get these messages. So that's what the that's some of the insight that the uh, you celebrate gives us. So I think what these data indicate that Dennis just shared from NCHA three and you celebrate really show us how community oriented our students are and how collective collectivistic they are, and that gives us a great window into the kinds of communication we can have with them. I mean, certainly you hear people talking about um, mask wearing behaviors and physical distance behaviors and how people aren't thinking about other people. Maybe that's true. I, I don't know. But what we do know is that they do greatly care about other people. And so if our messages can really make that salient and point it out to people, uh, it seems as though that would really resonate with our with our audience. And so I think that that is a great ray of hope for, for us coming into reopening. And when you two have presented on this topic, you've mentioned motivation through pride and rivalry. Can you explain that? <laughs> Actually, you know, Russ, that uh, when we presented to administration to try to get to see if everyone was be on the same page, because one of the things Monique and I, both want is consistency of messages and uh, not having cross messages. So one of my staff members sent me a, uh, uh, it was on Facebook, a uh, kind of a, uh, a spoof on uh, U of M students saying that they uh, 
they can wear masks because they see some people at MSU wearing MSU gear. <laughs> so it's kind of like if you can, people can wear MSU gear, you can wear a mask. So part of that rivalry, you know, MSU, and Monique uh, has said this before too, MSU has one of the largest alumni in the world and probably one of the most unified. I don't know, and Monique has said this too, and Russ, you know this, wherever you go in the U.S., if you see somebody wearing Spartan gear, you see somebody wearing uh, green or white, and you say go green, you automatically get a go white. I mean, there's a very unified body of alumnus here that take a lot of pride in MSU, in uh, academics, in athletics, in all aspects of our research. So knowing that we have a very unified body and that there's a lot of pride in going to MSU and there is a rivalry that we can also use that if we need to. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with what Dennis just said. I mean, I'm a proud Spartan alum, uh, three degrees from this fine university. And just like Dennis said, no matter where I've gone in this country or even internationally, with my Spartan gear on, I find another Spartan crossing the street to let me know that they too went to MSU. So the reason we're bringing this up in our presentation is because Spartans take a great deal of pride in this university and what it stands for and it being a land grant university. And that's something that we should really talk about in terms of compelling people to engage in behaviors that protect other Spartans. Oftentimes, we have messages that just tell people what to do, but maybe forgets to tell them why to do it, right? What's at the heart of this? And I was arguing that this is a very special place with a special mindset, and we should really talk to people about um you know, thwarting COVID-19 is also about protecting this university. Very interesting. I hadn't thought of that aspect. Now, are you conducting a new survey and, and describe the survey and what you hope to learn from it? Yeah, this is a new survey that's in the field right now. And much like the surveys that Dennis and his team have collected previously, what we really want to understand is the psychological mindset of the student body. Um, do they perceive COVID-19 to be a threat? Do they feel it's severe? Do they feel susceptible? Do they think other people are susceptible? How common do they think it is to wear a mask or to engage in physical distancing? How are they experiencing these behaviors emotionally? Do they make them nervous or angry? We also want to understand there how oriented they are toward being a member of a group. And then, of course, we also ask them about a variety of you know, uh, potential spokespeople for a campaign and potential slogans or messages. We really want to understand what they think would work. We want their voice. And that's what the survey was attempting to gain. Yeah, you know, I, I think when they covered pretty much uh, what we're trying to gain from the survey, what we're trying to do, too, is really advise upper administration how to go about the messaging. And, you know, Monique has done some fabulous research over the years on emotions and how emotions and anger and other things play into behavior and how people react. You know, the social norms part 
of this is really important in the sense, Russ, that social norms is a really positive approach. And Monique and I have already uh, advised the university on some of their earlier sketches not to tell people what to do. What social norms does is doesn't tell you what to do. It tells you what you do. In other words, if it's normative to wear a mask, we tell the students it's normative to wear a mask. Not to wear a mask, but it's normative to wear a mask. That's the challenge with uh, the social norms approach is some people think that you can use it in the negative, but the social norms approach really tells you what the population is doing. Uh, and I, I think one of the, the tenets here is that we're not about correcting the students, we're about connecting with the students. And if we connect with them and tell them what their peers think, if 90% of students approve of wearing masks in classroom, then we just tell them that. Those are the, the, the data we're trying to look at and trying to advise the university as to how best to create their messages so that we can reopen. Uh, and that's pretty much uh, what we're looking for. Well, I thank you both for sharing these important insights. As we close, just sort of summarize what you want us to keep in mind about designing effective health risk messages for today's college students. Monique, why don't you start? When you're designing risk messages for the college-aged group, the most important thing is to not be reactive, not to be finger-wagging at them, to be condescending, to assume you know what they're thinking. Those strategies are regretfully used all over this nation, but Dennis and I would never. We respect our students. We care about their voice. We care about their health. And so what we're trying to do is develop messages that connect with them in a way that will make them engage in the safest behaviors possible. Well said, Dennis. There's been a lot of chatter nationally about whether COVID-19 is severe in younger populations. And we're starting to see, as I said in the beginning, we're chasing it seems like we're chasing the tail of the pandemic all the time. But we now know that in the younger generation that COVID-19 can transmit quite easily. It, the challenge here is somehow getting the students, and I know Monique will find this in the data because that's what she's good at, the emotion to let them know that we're not wearing a mask uh, necessarily to protect ourselves. We're, we're wearing a mask to protect you and that you need to protect those people who are most vulnerable. You may not uh, experience the uh, uh, symptoms and severity in it. And that's what the EPPM is looking for. You may not do that, but you have a responsibility to protect your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your step-parents, faculty and staff, people who may be more vulnerable. This is what I think we can do with MSU because of the connectivity and the way MSU students think about the pride of being a Spartan. So I kiddingly say that now is a time more than ever to raise your shield and actually wear that mask to protect and keep the university open. Uh, Russ, uh, you know, I just always appreciate uh, you doing podcasts on these very important health issues. And I think Monique and I uh, together uh, share the belief that we love being Spartans and that we want people 
to take this seriously and to uh, listen to their peers and do the right thing. Well said. Thank you both for sharing this information. Thank you, Russ. Thank you. That was Monique Mitchell-Turner. She is professor and chair of MSU's renowned Department of Communication. And Dennis Martell, he's executive director of MSU's National Social Norm Center. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.